0: girl can i ask you something yes
1: absolutely to
0: want to talk to me who is this althea lawton thompson
1: i am so glad that you asked now if you remember if you listen to episode seven Mm -hmm. althea was our very first guest to the show
0: oh yeah that was our stress and meditation Meditation. episode that's right so if you haven't heard this one you want to go back and find that episode it was phenomenal we got some great nuggets from that absolutely episode and she today
1: is our very first um Person for our follow
0: your dreams. Yeah, uh, well, series. I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Ramel. Um, I know that you know her from business school. You know, as yeah. classmates. Mm-hmm. But why did you think to invite her to be our first guest, or just to be our guest on the follow your dream series?
1: Well, I know um, Althea from. The School of Business and Industry at Florida A&M University. I'll you just had to in throw in. all that in there. Okay, in go in. ahead. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, but we connected through Facebook. And one of the things that I just noticed on my newsfeed is every single time I saw something from Althea, she was doing something which I was just kind of like, oh, wow. Like she was. Doing the meditation stuff, she was starting to travel for that. Mm-hmm. Um, She also wrote a book called um, "Losing Control." That was her uh, fictional book, "Losing Control." And then I saw she
0: was going to school to be a DJ. Wait, wait, what? what? Hold on, you said retreats, yeah. and then she wrote a fiction book, yeah, and then like DJ. Yeah, <laughs> like with chica, chica, albums. Okay, yes, okay, yes. okay. DJ Renaissance,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so I just kept on looking at her, um, her post in my newsfeed and going like, "This is absolutely inspirational," and this woman must be living like her best life. She must be following her dreams. Okay,
0: right. I. I- I'm having trouble here because what I think of business school, I mean, I know mm-hmm. what you do with business school, yeah, yeah. um you know doing the accounting thing, but I think a business school, I think is preparing you to be in a stuffy suit, yeah we did to that. go into some shiny office building mm-hmm. where you stay in there, have PowerPoint meetings all day. That's mm-hmm. like what I see, so when You say this person, you know, went to school with you and is now a DJ. She's writing books and doing retreats in Bali. It just doesn't fit. Like, how did you you get there? I can't draw the line.
1: See, the thing is that that corporate box, Mm -hmm. Althea has completely blown that box completely Yeah, I can see
0: that. I can see that. Yeah,
1: so if we want to answer to our question about, like, how does she do that? Well, yeah, wow. how does she
0: get there? We need to ask her. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> a good idea because I, I have questions.
1: <laughs> I have questions too. So Althea, welcome back to our show.
2: Woo-hoo. I am so <laughs> excited to be back. Rattlers in the house. Ooh, you can see me doing a rattler sign. Ooh. I
1: know, right? Me too, me too.
0: <laughs> no one can see you, okay? <laughs> She's like, that goes for both of you. Okay, all
1: right. No, but so- Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Can we ask you something? Mm-hmm.
2: Girl, <laughs> please ask me something.
1: So, Althea, are you following your dreams now? I
2: am literally following every dream that comes into my head every day. Every, every day? day? Every day.
0: <laughs> every day.
1: So how do you balance that? I mean, Wait, because...
0: Every dream, every day. Well, every that makes day. sense. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, <laughs> I look at everything man. you do, it looks like you're just like, oh, I'll write a book. Oh, I'll yeah. go to school and be a DJ. Yeah. I, you
2: know? Like, literally so, everything.
1: How so
0: tell us I, a little I, bit
1: about your journey there. I mean, because, like, when we went to SBI, when we were in school of business, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we were literally groomed to be sitting behind a desk doing other people's work. And you're not doing that. You are out there doing your own thing. How did you get there though?
2: I am so glad you asked that question because the funny thing is, even when we were in the school of business, Mm -hmm. I was mad. As a sophomore, (laughs) I was pissed off and I wasn't just pissed off because we were wearing pantyhose heels And yes. full suits and a hundred degree, degree weather, walking and up yeah. and down hills on the highest hill in the capital of Florida. That, That's right. I was mad about that, yes. yes. But I was really mad because there were no entrepreneurship courses.
1: Yes. And I, I remember I
2: going way. to the administration and asking, and I don't want to age or date us, right? I don't want to do that, but I'm just okay. gonna say that now there is a huge entrepreneurship arm. Of the School of Business and Industry at FAMU, right. but That's when right. we were there in the late '80s, early '90s, it didn't exist. I, I couldn't. I couldn't help it. I had to. They, did, <laughs> they didn't exist, and um, there. Not only were there not programs, there wasn't even one class. So I have been angry for a long time. And so what happened was, I came out of school, I graduated with honors. I got a job like everyone else, but I'll tell you what I did. I had three job offers and Mm -hmm. I chose the job that paid the second. Um, I had three. So there was a high, there was a low, and there was one in the middle. I chose the one that paid the amount in the middle, not the one that paid the most because the one in the middle gave me the flexibility to work from home Mm -hmm. and to move To four different cities and work in four different capacities in a two-year period. Oh wow! So back in that
1: time frame to be able to work from home—that's right—it was like
2: unheard of. So I was the only person, you know, in in kind of like our age group doing what we were doing, who had like a company car, cell phones had just come out. So I had this big uh, brick flip phone. I know. Um, I had the company fax machine and computer. And I had it in, in my little one bedroom apartment and I had the flexibility to work a territory for marketing and and finance, but it gave me the free time to do what I really, really loved. So I went and got a certification in health and wellness and personal training and group exercise while I was working my corporate job. And then I worked my work schedule around my gym schedule. So I was taking personal training clients early in the morning and in the evening, and then taking my work clients in between.
1: Was that something you were interested in that while you were in school?
2: I got it back up a little bit. Both of my parents were um, competitive distance runners when I was growing up. So the only thing we really knew, my brother and I, we did not know that it wasn't normal to go to road races on Saturday mornings at 4 a.m., we didn't know that it wasn't normal to like not normal. Eat vegetarian diets and have healthy supplements and bee pollen and fresh squeezed orange juice. We thought that's what everybody did. So right. even through college, I was jogging just because that's what I thought everybody was supposed to do, like jog around campus. Wow. Um, and so when I graduated, I wanted to jog and I wanted to go work out and do things at the gym. And so I went and got a certification. That's what I really love to do. Okay. Yeah. So that's how it, it all started. I was able to kind of do both at the same
0: time. So I hear you have two jobs. That's, that's what I heard. You know, you, you had the flexibility, jobs. you had the flex, you you chose flexibility. Um, you knew what you wanted to do. And um, you made, you, you made your money based on your degree and your your career, that career path, but you all you developed that entrepreneurial path, path from the beginning. That's right.
2: And the the even better part was I was using the tools that I was learning and all the different capacities at the company, in mm-hmm. human resources, on the legal side, on the finance side, on the marketing and collection side. Those tools were the foundations for how I run my business now. There are a lot of people who are gifted in whatever their skill set is, but they don't have Mm -hmm. any business sense. So what's happening is they're starting businesses being good at what they do, but they're not paying their taxes right. They're not Mm -hmm. managing their finances correctly. They don't know how to speak to people or hire. They don't know the difference between an employee and an independent contractor. These are things that I picked up from working in corporate.
1: Well, it's kind of interesting to me that... Even back then, Althea, you seemed to be very aware of what your wants and needs were. Freedom.
0: (laughs) Okay, I I hear the freedom, and I also hear how you culturally you grew up in a um, place where uh, your parents did a lot of um, exercise in the gym, and, and that that was part of everything you do. I. I want to know more about that, but I am dying to hear about this book. Like, how did you just okay, write a book? book. Sure. Like, how did okay. that come
2: about? So up? Let, let's back up to see how did I even leave corporate? And then you'll understand how the book came about. Oh, okay.
1: Okay.
0: All right. We're leaning in. Yeah, leaning okay, in. So I'm, here I'm... we go.
2: Ears open, everybody. Here we go. This is juicy. So <laughs> the last. Uh, No, that wasn't true. The second to last position I had was in human resources. And I saw so many crazy things (laughs) in HR uh, with Mm -hmm. people that we had to fire or things that we had to try to fix and work out, um, you know, sexual discrimination, just all kinds of stuff. And so all that time I was taking notes like this is so interesting. This would make an amazing story. Nobody would believe that this has happened. And so that all of that was kind of fodder for a story that I had no idea I was going to write four years into working for corporate, I'm doing my fitness business on the side. The company asked me to move a fifth time and I had Hmm. just, uh, gotten married. It was like three weeks before my wedding and my husband to be had just relocated to the city where I was, and we were starting our family. And when they were like, okay, you have two options, either you move, or you have to get laid off. I was like, well, let's look at the layoff package. Yeah. So the layoff package was good enough that it would cover me for, I want to say, seven or eight months. And -hmm. then my husband had found a job at our new location. So I took the severance package and I went full time with the fitness and the health and wellness. So that's that piece. The health and wellness uh, did well enough that I picked up a client who had a book and and was kind of like a celebrity or something. And she was like, hey, will you go on TV with me so uh, we can tell people how I stay fit at 50 I'd never been on television. I was like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, everything for me is if somebody asks me opportunities, I'm going to say yes. It doesn't matter if I'm scared. You want to go skydiving? Yeah, why not? You know, let's do it. You want to come to Thailand next week? Sure. Yeah. Let's see if we can find a ticket. Yeah. So that's one tip for the listeners. If somebody asks, don't come up with 50 reasons why not. Figure out the 50 reasons how you will say yes. Okay. So when she asked, I went and that was the start of the TV thing. Now, the story was because I had left corporate for so long, um, I had two children. I was kind of sitting at home bored. With mm-hmm. the two kids, because I had decided to be like the stay-at-home mom, and I'd let go of some of my clients, and I wasn't working as much at the fitness and traveling and doing all the stuff. My videos had come out by then, and I couldn't travel with everyone that had gone to promote the videos in Europe, because I was nursing and had a toddler, and I wow. was bored. So I was like, you know, let me write that book, that story I was talking about, about
1: those crazy <laughs> people. And I'm sorry, story. stop. What? <laughs> We're both looking at each <laughs> other. Board? i'm sitting going <laughs> i'm like- exhausted
0: listening to you so you got two kids you you know yeah, but we- i wanted to be like out doing stuff
2: yeah. I'm, I'm a doer i don't some okay. people get um crazy trying to do two or three things at once i get crazy mm-hmm. just doing one i have to do like three or four things at once to be comfortable And I know that might sound crazy, but it's just the way my brain works. So to do some clients and aerobic classes and take care of two kids wasn't enough. That's only two. I need three to four. So I had to write a book. That's what happened. So when they would go to sleep at night, I'd be there bored and I would just start writing these chapters, like, you know, using my imagination to tell these stories. And I was Mm weaving in what had happened in corporate all the years before And by the time I finished the book, I was like, there is no way I can publish this. I am somebody's mother. There is sex in here. There is drama in here. So I was trying to think of every way that I could publish it without my name being on there. And I was like, maybe I'll go by my middle name and my maiden name. Maybe I'll mix up the letters of my first name. And finally, I just said, forget it. I'm not going to do it. And I left the book on the shelf and it stayed on the shelf for 12 years. (gasps) <gasps>
1: no, sir. Are you serious? Oh my goodness. Did I you... had no idea.
2: I wrote that book in 2003. I didn't publish it until
0: 2015.
1: Wow. We're both sitting here with our
2: mouth you... like,
1: wow.
0: It actually sounds like you wrote a book just because you were bored. Is that That's I what like, happened?
2: Wow. Yeah, I wrote it because I was bored. I, and they, the characters kept me company. It was interesting to do. Mm-hmm. And then the baby was old enough to go to preschool and then I could go back and do things. So I put the book on the shelf because I was done with it. But then in 2015, I sent it to some publishers and they all rejected it. Like 20 different publishers sent back rejection letters. And I was like, well, I don't have time for that. So I went and made (laughs) some more videos and made a TV show and started doing other stuff. You know, forget that. But what happened in the, like maybe 10 years ago, Self-publishing kind of blew up, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And so when
2: my friends started self-publishing their books, I asked them, how'd you do it? And they showed Hmm. me. And I was like, oh, that's easy enough. So the lady who was my assistant at the time was quitting to go follow her dreams to work as a book marketer for a publishing firm. I was like, look oh, at the, universe no conspiring for my happiness. So I asked her if she would be my book editor and marketer. She agreed to do it. I paid her. She helped me. And like about a year later we had the book and we released it on my birthday. And it oh. went on to be a bestseller and a book club favorite and I was like, wow, I'm going to write another one. So I wrote um, a, an entrepreneur how-to book that I released in 2017.
1: We saw. I saw that. It's called 20. What's mm-hmm. that about?
2: The 20 most important lessons I've learned in 20 years of entrepreneurship.
1: Oh, oh I like that. That makes sense. Okay.
2: And little known things that people don't think about. So from spirituality to finance. There is. Actually, I'm already writing it. Wow. There's a sequel to Losing Control coming up for the people who've read it. You know, it ended in a way that, yeah. So I'm writing a sequel to that, but I'm also writing another fiction book that's a little sci-fi as well.
0: You're writing two more books is what mm-hmm. I heard. Yeah.
2: Yeah. At the same time.
0: Yeah. And this one will be at the same time. And this one's okay. sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. one. Is sci-fi. And aren't, aren't you going to Bali in two years and you've got all these. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Retreat. I, okay. I'm just trying I to just, make sure how.
1: Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm just going to go on that Bali thing.
0: I was thinking it would really be a good um, thing to talk about after we do it. We should yeah, do it. And then we should, we should talk about it that. on the show.
2: I well, I'm we going to tell you. So the thing, the theme for this podcast is follow your dreams, right? Yes. yes. And one of the things that I do on the retreat is I play something called the dream game. And I actually trademarked this. Uh, I have a lot of trademarks because I learned how to trademark and I'm like, wow. So I trademark everything. All right. But I trademark the dream game. Um, okay. In the dream game, people start out with an idea. Okay. So like Ramel, just throw out any idea right now. I'm putting you on the spot. Anything at all?
1: Um, oh, goodness gracious. Um. I don't know what I want. Um. Just anything. You, you put it on the spot.
2: Okay. I, Gwanda, you want to go for it? Anything.
0: Um. Well, okay. So uh, my husband and I have been interested in Uh, creating marriage retreats. Okay. Stop. Stop right there. Right. So in the
2: dream game, what happens is most people have an idea, they put it out there and they naturally self-limit and they don't know that they're self-limiting. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's based Mm -hmm. on conditioning and upbringing. So Mm -hmm. you say the thing, I don't have your limitations. I don't have limitations for you. So I'm all in for you. I'm not thinking about me at all. I'm 100% thinking about Tawanda, her husband, and her dream for couples retreats. So I immediately say, and your couples retreats are held three time, four times a year, one for every season, and you go to a place that's fabulous in each season of the year. Then Rumel adds on to that, adds something to what I just said.
0: Oh, oh, so like people that. are dreaming for you. That's they, right. That's the dream game. We don't have our own limitate, but right. I probably can do that the same for myself as, as I could probably do
2: for somebody for else. Yeah, that's right. So the dream game works in teams of two to five and you mm-hmm. have a time limit and you just go. When other people are dreaming for you, there's no hesitation. They're just throwing stuff out and it becomes overwhelming. So that's it- what happens during the retreats. And from that's, that dream game, you mm-hmm. start dreaming for real, and then you see how things can really happen because we do something called magic manifestation. But that's and, a whole different thing altogether. But yeah.
1: But it, it the thing I notice about that is that you're speaking of it in the present tense. That's correct. So you're, so in a way you're Not on you remove the distance of the dream
2: Mm -hmm. and bring it. Not something you don't have. So if we were speaking spiritually for people who Mm -hmm. are following like law of attraction, Mm -hmm. law of attraction is a big thing. Anyone who's Mm -hmm. ever read, um thinking, not yeah, thinking, Napoleon, the
0: gift, okay,
2: yeah, yeah, the secret, all of that stuff. Yeah, that's it. it. That was it. (laughs) Okay, all of them. Think and grow rich. Mm -hmm. The secret. Law of attraction. They're all the same thing. If you speak as if you don't have it, I will, I want, Mm -hmm. you are manifesting a lack mentality. I do not have it. And all that the universe knows is what you say. They don't judge it. The universe, God, Mm -hmm. whatever, doesn't judge it to be good or bad or false or true. It's Mm -hmm. what you believe. Therefore, it is. You've manifested it. So if you speak in present tense and we're playing the game and it goes round Robin, as Mm -hmm. we're speaking it, it is happening. And anybody who's been on my retreats, I don't care who it is. I've done 15 of them. There have been no less than 10 people on any one retreat. Some of Mm -hmm. them have had up to 25 people. Ask anyone that has come on a retreat. If we do not magically manifest stuff on the spot, I don't mean small things. I mean, big things. On the spot while we are in these different countries, while we're in the U.S., because we're learning how the law of attraction works and how to remove limitations. And that's what you see when you're looking at my stuff.
1: Right. And I think that (laughs) Tawanda just wrote down Bali 2021.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm speaking that in the universe. Mm -hmm. Yes. In the present tense. In the present tense, right? right.
1: In terms of um, our listeners, um, what I think that I'm pulling from that is that um, when we dream or we have something that we want I um, want to do or something that comes to us that we feel like would make us happy is that oftentimes we put limitations on ourselves that don't need to exist
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that when we speak of our dreams, our wants in the present tense, we make, we help to manifest, we help to make it so. That's right.
2: But here's the key. Okay, You you should probably say it to someone who can see it also and help Mm -hmm. push you to that goal. Because I think the challenge for a lot of people is we don't know where to start. Like, yeah, yeah, I want to write a book, but what in the world? Remember what I said? My friends had written and self-published books, and I right. asked them, "How did you do it?"
1: Yeah, actually, with the podcast, that's exactly what I <laughs> I called to Wanda and I was like, "Hey, will you do a podcast with me?" And she's like, uh, "Yeah, I guess." And <laughs> my cousin has a podcast, right? And now this is this is how it happened. I was like. <laughs> Um. Look, will you will you help us? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, kind, yeah, whatever. We'll, yeah, and uh, there it is. And and the funny thing is, Althea, we went to a restaurant
0: mm-hmm. to have to, to meet. sit down and talk about doing this podcast. Yeah.
1: And and here he comes. We didn't invite him.
0: That's he didn't know I mean. we were there. That's magical
2: manifestation. Yeah. He right didn't there. know
0: we were there. He was there to talk about his, his podcast his, his with podcast his other
1: team, other business stuff. Yeah. And here he comes, <clears> and we're like um we, we just didn't... drew him
2: to us didn't we we just <laughs> talked to you about attraction that's <laughs>
0: yeah the secret. and we he did that
1: right it. down and he helped us get helped started, us get started mm-hmm. and helped us um shape what we're doing now
0: magical manifestation,
2: manifestation. Yeah. i got a name
0: for it now yeah. So now
2: when you see those hashtags on my stuff you, now you mm-hmm. get what i'm talking about the people who've been yeah. on the retreats they get it but
0: the more people right. i share it with They're like,
2: oh, that's what you talk about—magical manifestation.
0: Yeah. So, I want to make sure to pull this in um, because I want to ask a question. I still, I think you've helped me come closer to the answer, but I want to be more direct. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious about how you overcome obstacles because I know you've been married a long time, so you've got a husband, you've Mm -hmm. got. Kids. kids. yeah. Um, I know it takes money to yeah. do a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. And so you've clearly overcome your obstacles. And I did not hear that you cloned yourself. So I am <laughs> curious, you know, by how you might have overcome those obstacles. I'm, I'm
2: going to be honest. I had a really frustrating, depressing time period. And writing Losing Control helped me through it. The depressing mm-hmm. time period for me uh, was when I released my first video. My mm-hmm. first video failed the first time I tried to do it, and it took all my money because technology is not the way it is now. So if you were going to yeah. make a video, you had to pay like ten dollars to $12,000 to do it, where now you just need your cell phone and a stand, right? Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, and so the first one failed. I lost a lot of money. And this is part of what I write about in 20, the lessons learned, right? Mm,
1: okay. So I lost
2: my money, lost some friendships, um, and I was really frustrated, got depressed, and was down in the dumps for about a year. Mm. Um, by the time I had gotten my, enough money back to start again, it took me a year to like get the money back, I was pregnant. And uh, actually, it was when 9-11 happened and I was living Mm -hmm. in Baltimore outside of DC. So Mm -hmm. my son was going to school near DC, the three-year-old. My Mm -hmm. music was coming from New York and I was taping in Philadelphia. If people remember 9-11, it wasn't just the Twin Towers in New York, it was also the Pentagon in DC Mm -hmm. and a plane went down in Pennsylvania. I filmed my first video on 9-13. Wow. And I was pregnant. So I was in the hospital with dehydration. So when we Mm -hmm. talk about like obstacles and things, like how badly do you want it? So what I I... said was to my cast, if the music shows up today on the 12th, Mm -hmm. and if I get out of this hospital, we're going to drive to Philadelphia and we're going to make this DAC on video. The music showed up. The doctor gave me a release, told me to hydrate. We got in the car and we made that video. Um, When the video came out, I was so excited, but it didn't get picked up by anyone. And I was so frustrated. And everybody else who'd made their videos at the same time with the same producer had gone on a promo tour to Europe and I couldn't go because I was nursing. I was mad depressed. Right. The depression did not change for me until one of Ramella and our classmates, um, Chiquita Dent, she was Chiquita Thomas at the time, she had started her own company, W, as a PR firm. And I hired her to be my PR rep because I could not get the video to move or get any traction. Mm -hmm. And she was able to get it in Essence. So that was the very first article. Essence Magazine picked it up. And made it number five on their list of top six videos to watch that year. And Oprah was on the cover. And I'll never forget somebody (laughs) called me and said, oh, no, you know what? I hadn't even had the baby yet. I was pregnant. That's why I was depressed. I was pregnant. Someone called me and said, congratulations, you're in essence. And I was like, stop lying. (laughs) And I saw it, but I was like eight months pregnant. I couldn't do anything about it, so I couldn't promote the video. That's what happened. And everybody was gone by the time I had the baby and I was nursing. So I was selling videos, but I couldn't really promote it in the U.S. So they were all selling in Europe, like nobody in the U.S. even knew what was going on. I don't know. Mm. It was
1: just weird. But the
2: the second thing that happened, and this is very important.
1: Oops, this is where our recording software went down. But we're going to get right back to Althea's story. Thanks so much for your patience. But the next
2: obstacle that came was the kids grew up and it was too expensive for us to be able to afford to continue living in Maryland. So we relocated the entire family down to Atlanta and the businesses, and I had to start over from scratch. And one of the ideas I had was to open a yoga studio. My best girlfriend from Maryland, who had helped me with my business in Maryland, agreed to relocate and picked up her whole life and moved to Atlanta, bought a home near us and helped me with my kids and with running our studio. But two years into the studio, she found out she had leukemia. Wow. And while she was sick, I was taking care of her and managing her house, taking care of my kids, managing my house, and running the studio.
0: Mm, Wow.
2: So it was a really difficult time. To make matters worse, this was 2008 to 2010, which if you remember was a major financial uh, recession. Recession, right. Yeah. And so a lot of people weren't spending money on luxuries like yoga classes. So financially, it was a burden for the studio. Right. A year and a half later, she passed away. And about six months later, I closed the studio. (laughs) So um, most people look at that as all bad. But what I learned And being with my girlfriend pretty much 24-7 as she was going through that process and Mm -hmm. learning how to be the executor of her estate and medical directives and powers of attorney, Mm -hmm. talking to her taught me my tagline, living life limitlessly. Oh, wow. I wondered how that came about. It came from her. She talked about the things that she had done and she was happy for. And things Mm -hmm. we'd done together, traveling. She was one of the first people to do a retreat with me, um, opening the studio, both of us relocating and starting fresh with new lives. But she also talked about the things she hadn't done and she Mm -hmm. regretted not doing. Mm -hmm. And after she passed away, I knew that there was no way I was going to leave here with regrets. And that was the beginning of me just going all out, books, DJ, DJing, countries I'd never been to, mm-hmm. not waiting for the kids to grow up and graduate, but saying, I'm going to do it right now. Right now. And figuring out how to make that work. And the plus side of that was not only for me, but my kids really look up to the things yeah. that I'm doing. And I yes, have to see that. So it's not like their daughters, their sons, you know, mm-hmm. they think their mom is pretty damn cool.
1: Because
2: <laughs> okay. um, well,
0: she
1: is. We we think <laughs> that
2: too. I think it's awesome. My husband, it encouraged him to leave a job that he hated. He'd been in mm-hmm. corporate for 21 years. Yeah. And he saw, you know what it is possible. I'm going to live my life limitlessly too. Mm-hmm. 2 years ago, he left corporate and now he's living his dreams in entrepreneurship. Yeah. It's encouraging other people, the women who are listening, you all. Mm-hmm. So my sister did not pass away in vain. She yeah. passed away to encourage hundreds and thousands of people to live their life limitlessly.
1: And I think her story is mm-hmm. such a is such a gift and by and I and I you know, when we talked we talked like over two months ago about this, but um you have been such an inspiration to me because by you sharing, you living your life limitlessly on through your posts and just, just sharing the happiness. Like when I asked you for pictures, you know, um, I was like, I want the ones with the big old smile on them because (laughs) it just brought so much joy to me every single time I would see a post. And, um, and so for me, you are truly the inspiration behind this. And I hope that people will really take away from us talking is that you really have to make that choice to to really follow your dreams, whatever they are, and speak of them in the present tense and go after them and that there will be obstacles, but to learn from them and Mm -hmm. to not give up on them. I mean, does that sound, I mean, no, that's and, sounds... and, and even failure. Failure yeah. is kind
2: of inevitable if you're going right. to go after big dreams. And yeah. any of the major uh, CEOs that we see out there in the world, um, the Brandons and Oprah and all those types of people, they right. have had major embarrassing failures and financial difficulties, but they get right back up like a toddler learning to walk and they come back bigger and better.
1: Than whatever that failure was. Yeah, I think because ultimately, when you get on the other side of the failure, you realize that what you gained from it was so much
0: worth so much more than the failure itself. Wow, that's that's good stuff. I feel like I've I've learned a lot, and I am definitely inspired. Oh my goodness! To uh, to go ahead and follow some of my dreams. Nope, no, nope, no, nope, not some of them. I should follow all of, all them. of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. All at
2: the same damn time. Oh, I'm sorry. I, for oh, I don't right. know yeah. if I can do all that, but you know Scratch, I... it, out. Scratch it out. Bleep it. I'm sorry. I'm going to do no, that. No, no,
1: no. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> but um, I should take the opportunity now to ask you really quickly, is there anything that you would like to make sure that the audience knows about um, how to find you or any seminars you might be having or um, anything like that? Yeah.
2: So this is really awesome. I have um, a website called limitlesslyliving.com, limitlesslyliving.com, and it feeds into all of the workshops and online webinars and online courses that are about any and everything from spirituality to relationships and sexuality to entrepreneurship and finance to- just anything you can think of. We um, have physical workshops, and then we have things online, and then of course we have the retreats. Yeah. So, LimitlesslyLiving.com dot com or AltheaLawtonThompson.com.
0: Wow, Althea, man. this has been amazing. Thank you yeah, so thanks. much for joining us again. It's it's been actually. Just mind-boggling. Yeah, so laying so down much. the wisdom. I, I appreciate that so much. I
2: appreciate you all for calling on me. There is a quote that I really, really love. Life is sometimes so subtle that we don't even recognize doors that open that we used to dream about.
1: Mm-hmm. Walking
2: through doors that we used to dream about opening.
1: All right. Well, we're going to let you have the last word there, Miss Althea. Thank you again for coming. And we want to thank all of our listeners for coming back by. And we really hope that you have taken away all the gifts that Althea has given us today and hopefully incorporate some of those things into your lives. So follow your dreams, ladies, follow your dreams. So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast.
0: That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. <laughs> so until next time,